Do you have trouble turning off your brain meat at night? I invite you to take a break from your thoughts and listen to ours for a while. This is Overthinking with Steph. Quit overthinking alone, overthinking with Steph is better. We're overthinking together. Well, that was stupid. Let's come up with a whole new intro. Oh, Steph. (laughs) So I live in a loft that is, you know, two of the walls are just full windows. I love that. If I don't have natural light coming in and windows that I can open, I slowly disintegrate on the insides. I've realized this. I live by an airport and a Southwest plane just passed overhead. I can't believe that I've kind of forgotten the routine of going to the airport every weekend and going through clear and just walking on with my bet. Come to think of it, like, I wonder how that works now that I'm, like, paid for clear if they're giving discounts because I'm not traveling or no one's traveling. Anyway, I digress. You know, I do the same routine every time I go to the airport. You know that coming home, doing laundry, going to the dry cleaner, unpacking just to pack again. And it feels like such a long time since I've been up in the air. And it, it has been. It's been exactly two months today. I think it was March 8th when I was getting back from New York City, just the hub of coronavirus, you know, one of them. But I landed from JFK in Dallas, didn't even unpack and went straight to this honky tonk for my friend's birthday that night at midnight, danced our butt cheeks off, had the best time. And then here we are. I think I had a dentist appointment the next day and then kind of just... Life has changed. Anyway, I got sentimental and sappy over that Southwest airplane. I was supposed to be... I can't even get on the the travel that has changed for so many of us. I was supposed to be in Portland and Cannon Beach this month. And then next month, Greece, Dubai, and Italy. That is no longer part of my life plan. And... If I think about it for too long, a tear forms on the cusp of my eye. So I don't think I'm ready to talk about that. Maybe a different time. I feel for my clients, though, and my friends who are... Just, I can't imagine what everyone is going through with rescheduling and, you know, being out of work and having to rearrange plans. Like I said, we'll talk about that later. I got this really nice new leather journal and it has my signature imprinted in the leather. It's beautiful. And it just sat there for weeks. I even had it rushed with all the great intentions of writing my, um, my thoughts down. And I just stared at it. I have this thing about, I have to have the feeling. I have to have a feeling before I can do something. I got a piano, same thing had it rushed and it sat there for like five days and I just stared at it and then I moved it to a different area and then I was like cool I can play it now like I have to I can't do it until the time's right the timing is everything it's kind of like puzzles for me if you follow on Instagram I hate puzzles I just they drive me nuts you know I thought when this pandemic started what a great time to you know just be open-minded start in with a, a puzzle So I bought two. I bought two. One was um, Kevin Bacon, Footloose. You know what? You can't go wrong with that. And then the other one was freaking Bet. I mean, she's just Bet. It wasn't. It was Flashdance, Jennifer Beals. 
And I'm like, what a great way to kick off this pandemic. I'm going to do something that I loathe with two wonderful characters. Um, I started in on the the one with, with Bet, and I lost my damn mind. I didn't get very far. I tore it apart, and I boxed it up, taped it up, and sent it to a friend in L.A. Good riddance. Then, as weeks went on, I actually went back to the store to take the other puzzle back, the Kevin Bacon one, and they weren't doing returns in the midst of all this chaos. So I'm like, I'm just going to leave it in my car, in the bag, and forget about it. I didn't. I didn't forget about it. Um, About a few weeks after the first puzzle incident, I kept going back to it in my head. I kept thinking about that lone puzzle sitting in my car. I did not give that one a fair shot. Let me get that puzzle out. And I started it. And I once again hated it. But I finished it. I finished that puzzle and there's proof of it. I had to take a photo before destroying it again. And then I gave it away to a neighbor. But I was determined and I pressed on. But then I realized I didn't really explain why I can't get into puzzles, even in a pandemic. I had a very hard time. I didn't make myself do that. Glad I did. But it has something to do with every single day, every morning when I wake up, every night before I go rest my head on that soft pillow, I pass by my coffee table with an unfinished project haunting me. It just stares at me, reminding me that I'm a failure, that I have not complete something yet again, and I can't hide it. It's not like I could put it in a drawer and say, oh, that will be there tomorrow. Like I can like forget about it a little bit. No, it's just something you have to look at every day until it's over. So then I get obsessed and I'm like, cool, I have to finish this entire puzzle in one sitting. And then it consumes me. So either way, it is just not enjoyable. And I think the point of a puzzle is to sit down and relax and unplug from all of your technology and really just focus in on, I don't know. I don't know. If you like puzzles, can you let me know what you enjoy about them? And if anyone can relate to why I get obsessed with them, um, this, this isn't even an episode about puzzles or unfinished projects. It's just me rambling, but... I might be 10 minutes in already and I haven't even touched on what I'm supposed to talk about. Whatever. That was important. (laughs) All of that to say, unfinished projects can sometimes linger around and drive us a little bit crazy. And if I've learned anything during this, um, this process, the pandemic process, we'll call it, someone called it the great pause And I liked that. And I know I have privilege in saying that because I do live alone with my tiny chihuahua and I don't have children running around who bless their tiny souls, you know, homeschooling and trying to work. I I can't imagine. Or I think about people who have been married a long time and are just tired of each other. That's real life. And you're just kind of cooped up together and Hopefully everyone's working on things the way they need to be and like finding some type of peace in all of this. Um, Some people might not be. Some people might be ripping their actual hair out of their head. But um, for me, this has changed. This has changed my outlook on on things and really has given me time to slow down and reflect on a lot of personal things that I was distracting myself from. I'm busy with work and it's a constant 
state of being stressed and trying to please people and trying to manage. But really, a lot of it is busyness. And I know I talked about that with Cassie in the first episode of last season. I found myself still trying to be busy in all of this to distract myself from being with me. And I think I've done that for a really long time, uh, avoiding stillness and allowing myself to exist and sit and relax without feeling that extreme guilt of not being productive. And really, what is productivity? We have to define that for ourselves. And if our entire way of thinking is skewed based off of what we were taught growing up, we have to unlearn all of that. We have to sit in that and really sort through years of what we were taught was a productive day. And I think a lot of us are still operating from that place that was defined for us. And it's okay to revisit what that looks like, maybe completely overhaul that and craft what that looks like for us now and what fits into our lives that makes us the most happy. I read something on Instagram the other day. It said, the voice in your head saying you're not doing enough, it isn't yours, it's inherited. It's been passed down from society and parental figures who implicitly taught us our worth is based on output and achievement. Getting things done is great, but it has nothing to do with your worth. That hit me like that phrase, a ton of bricks just doesn't seem like enough, but it hit home and I have found my worth in productivity. As a kid, I remember really not being able to relax. I was rewarded for being busy. And so that's all I've ever known. It doesn't matter if you move away from your family, from your hometown, from everything you knew, that is ingrained deep, deep, deep inside of you. And this is the first time I'm realizing that it's okay to sit and to be, to say, I don't want to do that anymore. I do not want to do that anymore. I need to slow down. I need to be still. So it got me thinking, it's like, why, why were we taught to be so afraid of being with ourselves and being left alone with our thoughts? Why were we kept busy? Why was I, I say we, I shouldn't generalize. Why was I kept busy? Why was I rewarded for productivity? Um, I felt more affection and love, which was You know, that's another topic, but when I was productive, I felt like I was given um, a little more attention to. Also, if I ever dressed up and put makeup on and looked very femme, also another episode, I was given compliments and, you know, I felt a little more loved. I felt loved in general when I was dressing the part, I guess, performing. Um, And don't get me wrong, there are times when I love putting on makeup and heels now as an adult. But then I, I hate, I remember having this like feeling in my stomach when I went downstairs and I was dressed up. Like that cringy feeling like, oh, don't say anything. Please, no one say anything. Mom, don't say anything. Just let it be. Without fail, every time it was like this big to do and an ordeal and compliments and hugs. (laughs) You look beautiful, Steph. And 
I, I feel like those were the only times that I was told that or complimented was when I was being productive or when I looked like a girl, like the most girl. And I never questioned when I was younger that I remember, I never questioned wearing the frilly dresses. Like it's just what, what I did, the matching dresses with my sister. I don't know. I wanted to make my parents happy. That was my goal in life. That was why, as far as I was concerned when I was a kid, that's why I was put on this planet. That's why I existed for my parents, God, and to make other people feel better and to save people, make them happy. That was the point of Steph. And that's not true. That is, is far from the truth. Thank you for listening to my rant. That had nothing to do with what I was talking about or productivity, but I went off on a tangent. And I think it's also important to talk about that at some point. But why were we so busy? Why was I so busy growing up? And I was pacing around thinking, I don't know about you, but the way I was raised was don't question anything. Don't question what you're told. Don't question the Lord. This is the way it is. And this is what we do. Maybe they were afraid to leave me alone for too long in my own thoughts. Because when you're, when you're stuck being still by yourself, you begin to maybe question some things. I know I have recently with being alone by myself during this pandemic and isolating. I have questioned why I do the things that I do. That does not come second nature. What does come natural is to panic when I have to be alone with myself. It feels overwhelming to try and confront decades of things that have been suppressed. So I wonder, you know, if I was taught to not question my parents, not question the Lord, not question my, uh, the religious teachings of the Bible, you know, I didn't. I, I didn't at all for a long time. And I thought for a second, if I even maybe thought about thinking about questioning, I would, you know, a lightning bolt would come and strike me down. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. Like, it seems so silly now, but that was a fear. Questioning equaled fire. Thinking for yourself and having time to yourself to formulate your own thoughts meant that you were doing something bad. Like to even, I remember as a grown woman having a hard time saying I wasn't a Christian anymore. I was like, is this where the world ends? Is this where I fall over dead? And I didn't, but it was there. It, that thought was in my mind, even in my 30s. I also remember in my 20s going back home and questioning things about the Bible and questioning my parents to their face saying, why do you believe this? Why do we believe this? And, you know, there were times when they couldn't answer and it was just shrugged off. Like, it's just what it is. It's what it's always been. It's what we were taught. And I'm like, oh my God, I think that's when it hit me that they, maybe parents don't even know why they believe the things that they do because they've never sat by themselves and sat with themselves in order to question what they're believing and what they're you know, believing to be true, true enough to base their entire lives around that belief system, but then also raising tiny humans with that belief system that I believe is based 
in a lot of fear and um, anxiety and wondering if you're doing the right thing, wondering if you're enough, questioning if you deserve things. Like I hear so many people say, I don't deserve this. I know I don't. On Mother's Day recently, I don't deserve these kids. I don't. And I'm like, why are we taught in the Christian church to that we are not worthy of so many things, you know, that makes you feel like you're not worthy of love. You're not worthy of happiness, of, of good kids. Why are we not deserving of good things? It just, it really has made me think about productivity, sitting alone, how scared we are to be alone, how scared we are to be still, how scared we are to give up our busyness in fear of confronting ourselves, maybe even finding ourselves or creating ourselves because then you can't blame who you are on your upbringing anymore. I mean, you can you can place blame there, but now it's our responsibility once that blame is placed to say, this is my life. You have to own it. You have to own it from that point forward. And that is scary because then there we are in all of our glory, right? You embrace it. But right now we're adults and we are responsible for our opinions and for what we believe and how we're raising, if you have kids, how we're raising our kids. I think a lot of us are scared to talk about it for whatever reason, because you feel like you're going to say something wrong about your parents. Even if you love them and deep down they're good people, you're afraid you're going to say something that makes them look bad or that you're going to question God and something's going to happen. We are allowed to have our own thoughts and opinions and shape our way of living to where it fulfills us. This is all we have. All we have is right now, every single day. We're not even promised that, like we could die tomorrow. Are we living how we want to live in a way that makes us proud to be who we are as individuals with our own thoughts? It's time. I I think it's time. It's time for me. I don't know if it's time for you yet. We all have to go through that process um, in our own time, and and that timing has to be right. But I just want to talk about it. I think it's important for all of us to hear these things and bring those to, I don't know, this coffee table where my puzzle doesn't exist anymore because I destroyed it. So... Well, I think that might be the second episode. Puzzles, projects, pandemics, productivity. Well, hey, thanks for overthinking with Steph. Can't wait to hear from you on the social. So make your way over to at Steph's podcast on Twitter and tell me your thoughts. Catch the breakdown on Patreon where we get into the nitty gritty and overthink the conversations in this episode. Until next time, keep creating scenarios that will never actually happen and live your one damn life. Don't you hate it when you wake up first thing in the morning? Mind is stirring. It's a So going from getting upset at a puzzle to some really intense topics about, you know, redefining who you are and creating yourself and and questioning things about 
what you were told. I want to go back and circle up on the, the conversation about productivity. And it reminds me of a story from when I was in Spain. And I'll leave you with this because this is a pleasant thought and something that I think about often and have thought about quite frequently during this time by myself. I don't know if you can hear that, but Rusty's, he has a throat flap situation <laughs> where sometimes he gets excited and like this little flap in his throat gets wiggly. Um, he's okay. So I'm in Spain and we're going to these gardens, these patios, and there's this one woman who on Thanksgiving, her mom cooked us an incredible meal. And we sat on in this garden on this patio and ate and drank wine and just talked with each other. But I remember she owned these different gardens along the same street. So we went to visit a few more and there were a few of them that were just walls and walls of flowers. And she showed us how she watered them. And she was saying that it takes her sometimes between, I think it was like two or three hours to water these. And she was showing us how, and I have a video, I'll have to post it. But it was like this long piece of bamboo with a small tin on the end. And she would fill it up and she would one by one water the plants. And it took forever. And, and I was thinking in my head as she's doing this, got to be an easier way to do this. That won't take so long. And, you know, she went on to explain in Spanish how this was nice for her. She enjoyed it. She knows there's other ways to go about doing it that are more efficient. But she loved doing it. And she loved this process so much that that's all that mattered to her. And it made me think, how many things do we go about uh, in our regular schedule? And we're like, oh, I can do this way, way quicker or in a timely manner. And we just rush through it instead of actually taking time to enjoy it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to episode two. And I'm just stoked on you. I hope that you respond to this episode and let me know what your thoughts are. And I'll talk to you soon.